0: You are listening to a recording from the 2021 PMNR Scholars Virtual Residency Fair. We would like to take a moment to thank the residency programs who have taken the time to present at our fair this year. This year's PMNR Scholars Virtual Residency Fair is supported by PMNR Recap, the best resource for your physiatry clinical preparation, audition rotations, board preparation, and beyond. PMNR Recap offers 35 hours of review videos, hundreds of review questions, and even oral board cases. Head to pmnrrecap.com to learn more. Good evening, everyone. Can, can y'all hear me? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So my name is uh, George Bolton. I'm one of the administrative, I'm the administrative chief resident at Baylor College of Medicine. And I want to thank PMNR scholars today for giving us the opportunity to speak to you all a little bit more about our residency program um, so we're an advanced program we have eight residents a class. This is uh, the past two classes that graduated as well as my class that will be graduating this upcoming spring. And so we'll jump right into the presentation begin with Houston itself, otherwise affectionately known as the Bayou City. I'll admit nobody really gets excited with that nickname, but um, outside of that Houston truly does have a lot to offer. Um, combined with our relatively low cost of living and that we have no state or local income tax, it's been found to have the highest average starting salaries across the board. Um, and it's also been found to be the most diverse city in the US. Now I'm sure there's literature out there that shows that other, another place might be have these roles instead. But I think at the end of the day, when it comes to affordability and diversity, you really can't go wrong with Houston. Some of that diversity I think definitely manifests in the local food fair. So no matter if you like ethnic cuisine or local fare, um, hole in the wall joins versus fancy upscale dining. If there's anything that you're gonna do at Baylor across the three years while you're gonna, while you're here, it's that you're gonna eat and you're gonna eat good. Actually this coming week, there's something called Houston Restaurant Month. And so that's about a hundred of the nicest restaurants in Houston, all open up their restaurants for lunch and dinner with set menu prices. So for, for residents, this is like our time to shine where we get to open up our small little checkbooks and like really, um, eat at these upscale places and make the most of it. Outside of food itself, though, we have our own museum district, we have a theater district, an incredible amount of public parks. And even though it might be a little hard to believe, especially during the summertime, um, outside of these four months of summer, the rest of the year, the weather here is actually relatively mild, and the climate's great to be a part of. Um, And now I'm gonna focus a little little smaller to the Texas Medical Center, and I emphasize a little smaller because there's nothing small about the Texas Medical Center. As many of you may know, it's the largest medical center in the world. Um, From last what I checked, it's over made up of over 70 institutions, making up a hundred buildings. It's home to the world's largest children's hospital, home to the world's largest cancer center, an incredible learning opportunity because literally everything and anything can be found here in the Texas Medical Center. And now getting specifically to the Baylor College of Medicine PM&R program, I think above all else, what really separates our program are the individuals who make up, uh, who comprise it, from our attendings to our administrative staff to our current residents to our alumni who have done incredible things throughout the nation. Um, with that being said, I wanted to present you guys something a little bit more concrete. And I think the really s- unique, other unique aspect at Baylor College of Medicine is our numerous training sites. For any of our graduates, when they've gone out into their respective careers, they've always mentioned that because of the breadth of experiences that we have here at Baylor. Um, it really sets them up for success in whatever clinical environment they want to be in, whether it be private practice or academic inpatient or outpatient, in an acute inpatient rehab hospital, in the VA system, in a county system, a pediatrics hospital, whatever it may be. So really great um, experiences. And so to our first rotation site that we're at is Tier Memorial Herman. Um, it actually, just today, I think U.S. News and, um, news ranking and reports put out their annual hospital rankings and tiers the second best rehab hospital in the country. It's a model system for both brain injury and spinal cord injury. It's about 120 to 130 beds, depending on the, just the size of the units. Within, those, within the hospital, we have seven brain injury services and three spinal cord injury services. Within those brain injury services, we have a neuromuscular service, we have a neurobehavioral unit, And we even have a Disorders of Consciousness service where we work with minimally conscious or individuals with persistent wakefulness syndrome, otherwise known as vegetative state, and really help them um, increase their ability to communicate and their functional capabilities. When we're working with this wide wide variety of patients, we also have an incredible amount of procedures, whether it be ITV trials, um, pump management, um, EMGs and Botox injections, but we also do a lot of phenol chemo denervation. And actually this picture is of one of our former residents who became our former fellow and is now a current attendee, Dr. Jean Wu, doing phenol injections under ultrasound guidance. Um, and then I think as a whole, in terms of the patient population, the CMG or the case mix index um, that looks at uh, patients across the country, the patients at tier, are much more complicated than your typical rehab population. And because of that, it's a very intensive learning environment, but we get a lot out of it and really grow as individuals, both as physiatrists and physicians as a whole. Um, Our next spot is our Baylor McNair Campus Clinic. And so this is a joint venture between Baylor College of Medicine and the CHI St. Luke system. So within this bed and they're currently continuing to construct these buildings um, and it's gonna become its own little medical center, Um, but there's an inpatient rehab here whether um, they are done here. Um, this is also for those who are a little bit more academically inclined one of our attendees research and applications for PRP. So a really incredible learning opportunity. Outside of that we all have other pm clinics such as our PNO and amputee clinic. We have a TBI and SCI follow-up and do EMGs here as well. Um, next on the list is the Baylor St. Luke's Medical Center. This is where um, the CHI St. Luke system was originally placed and now they're slowly transitioning over to the McNair campus. But the St. Luke's Medical Center itself is almost a thousand beds. There is an incredible amount of orthopedic cases that we do perform consults on, stroke patients. And then Saint, the St. Luke's Medical System is actually home of the Texas Heart Institute. And for those who had know a little bit about medical history, the Texas Heart Institute is where Dr. Denton Cooley did the first artificial hand, heart transplant where Dr. Michael DeBakey did an incredible number of cardiovascular interventions, where Dr. Bud Frazier did the first LVAD placement, long-term LVAD placement. And so we get a lot of great cardiovascular experience in rehab, and in addition to the plentiful transplant patients that happen here at St. Luke's. And so we have a consult service here that brings them over to the inpatient unit at McNair. Our little fun fact for this place is there's a McDonald's between the Baylor St. Luke's Hospital Building and Texas Children's, which we'll get into later on. That McDonald's is the second highest grossing McDonald's in the country, which is a little unfortunate when you're right next to a heart institute, but your little fun fact for the day. Outside of that, we have our Michael E. DeBakey VA Medical Center. This is the second largest VA hospital in the country. I don't even remember how many beds there is now at this point, but on the PMNR standpoint, we have a general rehab unit, which comprised about 20 beds, both of brain injury and um, orthopedic tra- or um, brain injury, polytrauma, and ortho patients. Um, separate from that, we have a dedicated spinal cord injury unit, which is currently about 40 beds, but it's going undergoing expansion to be about 60 beds. And as a PGY2, you're going to do three months of dedicated VI spinal cord injury. And within that, you get to work with wound care specialists, plastic surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, urologists. Um, and it's an incredible clinic that they have set up there in conjunction with a, um, a spinal cord injury clinic um, so that you get to see these patients on a long-term basis. Um, outside of the spinal cord injury unit themselves, this is where we have another VA MSK um, clinic where we do a lot of our ultrasound guided hip injections as well as uh, knees and shoulders. We have our own EMG clinic. There's a PNO clinic, a wheelchair clinic. So really great experience for a lot of our bread and butter PMNR. Uh, after that is Bentop Hospital. And this is the main hospital for the Harris Health System which is the safety net or county health system for all of Houston, Texas. It's a level one trauma center with about 650 beds. Um, Here is where we learn a lot about our polytrauma, our burns, our TBI, strokes, spinal cord injury and amputations. We do a consult service and are attending here, Dr. Donna Bloodworth. Uh, I think she really does go above and beyond because not only do we learn incredible um, foundation of physiatry from her, but she goes into kind of the finances and the business behind medicine. I'm actually currently on this rotation and just yesterday, we were talking about billing and coding and how that actually applies to rvu structures because she really wants to make sure that when we go out there and are looking at contracts and seeing different offers we know what we're getting and we know what we're worth and so it's a really great learning opportunity part of the harris health system which again bentob is the main level one trauma hospital for is a few harris health clinics and so we have two clinics with the harris health clinic the first one is our gulf gate health center Within this, we have an amputee clinic, we have a general pm clinic, we have a bracing and, uh, bracing clinic, a chronic pain clinic, which I think is a unique learning opportunity, um, as well as a spinal cord injury clinic. And then outside of Gulfgate Health Center, we have another clinic called Smith EMG. And that's where we do a lot of our high volume EMGs. And so a month at, at Smith, and you might get easily anywhere from 80 to 100 EMGs performed both uppers and lowers. Um, and for a variety of cases. I've even done a few ALS rule outs here. And so it's a really great learning opportunity there at the Smith Clinic. Um, then lastly, but certainly not least is Texas Children's Hospital, which is um, from what I was last told, the largest pediatric hospital system in the country. Um, at the, when I first put this PowerPoint slide together, it was about 970 beds, but then since then, they created another building called Legacy Tower. And so Legacy Tower is essentially 15 floors of only ICU patients. And that includes neonatal ICU, PICU, and transitional ICU. So to have a 15 floor building for literally just ICU patients kind of shows the the scope and the strength of the Texas Children's System. Within this, we also have an inpatient unit, which is currently 12 beds, but we'll be expanding to 16 beds soon. We take care of consoles across the entire um, hospital system, and more than that, we have a pediatric pm clinic, um, which is separated from not only general pediatric pm but also spina bifida. We have a brachial plexus clinic. Um, we have a CP clinic, and so a really great learning opportunities. We do get to do more Botox injections here, and a lot of intrathecal baclofen on pump management. And in these in Texas Children's, we also do multidisciplinary clinics where we hold clinics in conjunction with orthopedic surgery and neurosurgery. And we work at seeing patients all at the same time to develop these long-term treatment plans for them. In addition, one of the unique things is we have a gate lab at Texas Children's. And this is where we work in um, getting essentially functional analysis for gait and ambulation. And we they, it's uh, essentially this whole lab set up where they have lots of cameras and patients go through it. And we work with therapy and trying to figure out how we can really improve a patient's skate and ambulation. So a really, really cool learning opportunity. In terms of the curriculum itself, we of course will meet your American Board of PM&R requirements of 12 months of inpatient, 12 months of outpatient. We don't include EMG as an outpatient rotation. So we really try to do maximize your outpatient exposure no matter where you are. Um, within EMGs, everyone will easily get over their 200 uh, e- requirements. And then you get um, a little bit more exposure to pediatric PMNR here at Baylor, um, as well as get a lot of consult rotations, which you can tailor a little bit to more to your liking. For myself, I'm going, I'm hopefully, going into pain medicine. I'm trying to con- um, ex- influence, uh, ch- uh, change my consult experiences to be a little bit more about pain medicine. This is our sample rotation schedule. And so within the sample rotation schedule, um, you have, we have a three-year longitudinal curriculum Baylor, so you make sure you get all your foundational experiences of PMNR. but at the same time, you can tailor a little bit to whatever your own interests may be, just so that whatever a person's professional pursuits um, could be, we can really try to match it up. And so we've been able to kind of create a three-year curriculum and then change it on a yearly basis to make sure it matches everyone's needs. In terms of our call schedule, We are now taking home call at all our sites. We used to take 24-hour in-house call at tier just because the complexity of the patients there required it. But at tier now we have 24-7 hospitalist coverage. So now we've really transitioned to home call at all our sites. We kind of have a graduated system. So you'll take more home call as a PGY2, a little less as a PGY3, and a little less as a PGY4. And so um, overall, as a whole, it's been, we've been, it's something that we track across three years, so we make sure that by the time everyone graduates, everyone's on the same amount of calls, no one's been adversely affected, and so it's something that we um, make sure that is a, a point of emphasis for us. And then in terms of our didactic schedule, every Thursday morning for at least three to four hours, we have productive didactic time. I have a counterpart, my academic chief resident, Dr. Michelle Seymour, and she kind of, her and her partner also kind of break down the year in terms of blocks. So we have a brain injury block, a spinal cord injury, MSK, orthotics, EMG, so on and so forth throughout the year. Separate from that, all of our PGY3 residents will do a critical review of the literature. Before that, they'll do a research course where they learn the fundamentals of um, data analysis, interpreting scholarly work, and really figuring out how to put together good research questions. We have a yearly MSK ultrasound anatomy and spasticity injection course, where we bring um, PM&R from across the country. And we have both a cadaver lab that where we practice, and then we also look into the ultrasound applications of that. We do longitudinal QI projects where you'll be paired up with two um, um, other residents, um, and you present quality improvement projects at the end of the year. We do m M&M and at a few of our sites. We have patient safety rounds. We do a business and medicine course. We have numerous journal, journal clubs, depending on whatever your um, particular interest may be. And at the end of your PGY-4 year, we have a week-long comprehensive board review course that all residents participate in as well. And then, oh, sorry. And then in terms of where our, our graduates have gone, no matter it be sports, brain injury, spinal cord injury, pain, pediatrics, um, everyone, has been able to match and they've been able to match well. Um, We've gotten some great learning opportunities and more so than that, a lot of our graduates, no matter where they've gone for fellowship, they've always reached back out and connected current residents with other projects that are going on or just made connections with them. So it's always been a a true source of support and pride um, for where our residents have gone and what they've been able to accomplish. And that's not only for fellowship itself, we have individuals who've gone into academic practice to gone into private practice and they're still will reach out to us to, to see how they can help us out. And then these remaining- um, just a few pictures of our um, of our class. To, to the right is our residents who just graduated and are off doing incredible things. To the bottom left, it was actually our program director it took all of the residents out for a dim sum about a month ago. As I said, in the beginning of the presentation um, in Houston, you're gonna eat and you're gonna eat a lot. So um, that was definitely something we enjoyed some good camaraderie with. Um, and really made the most of it. And up in the the top left was actually our newest batch of um, incoming residents who are currently PGY2s. And so we had a good social, we're hanging out with all of them. Um, And now they're working side by side with us at all our clinical sites, are really making the most of it and excited to have them on board. Um, In terms of being able to, to reach out to us, definitely feel free to email our program coordinator, Ms. Monica Johnson, she's incredible at responding and we'll definitely try to answer any of your questions. You can also reach out to, my, um, to me, um, my emails that are located there as well. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have along the way. We have some social media um, for Twitter and Instagram, so definitely check us out on there. I believe we're doing an Instagram takeover tomorrow, um, and so you'll be able to see more about our program and um, what happens on a day-to-day basis. And then, of course, check our residency website as well. Um, we have to update it for this academic year, but there's definitely a lot of good information on there as well. So that's everything that I have. Um, thank you guys. I don't know if we have a few minutes for Q&A, um, but again, thank you pm and uh, Scholars for this opportunity. You have about three and a half minutes left. We have a few other, uh, a few residents uh, on. So if anyone has any questions, we've got a few other residents here and uh, even our program director, Dr. Rochelle D., was able to make it out. So if you guys have any questions, feel free to to unmute or ask in the chat. So I, I think there was a question for OMT. And so actually one of our graduates from two years ago, Dr. Dan, when he ended up going into pain medicine during our didactic course, him and one of of his fellow other DOs, they actually created an OMT course throughout the year. And so we practiced some of um, um, the OMM techniques and really learning how to do hands-on things. Um, So it was a great learning opportunity and something that we definitely enjoyed. All right. If anyone from Baylor wants to remain on the call, you have about a minute or so left. If you had any final thoughts or anything you wanted to add, or if anyone just wanted to ask any final questions, we'll be moving on to the last program in just a second.